Welcome to Before You Go podcast. My name is Alex and I'm here with my co-host Judd. And this is a podcast where we talk about issues that may cause you or someone else in your church who wants to leave the church. And today we are talking about abundant living. So this is a topic that we're both really excited to, to discuss today um, because we, we believe that abundant living is a promise that Jesus had given to us. In fact, in John 10, 10, uh, Jesus is, is addressing a group of people. And here's what he says. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But what does that abundant life look like? And we could spend really the, the entire show talking about uh, how abundant life impacts the way that we live. It impacts our relationships. But what Alex and I want to focus on today is how we, re- we experience abundant life uh, through communication, through relationship with the church, the local body of, uh, of Christ. And that, again, is our, our passion, is to help people to stay connected to their church as well as um, process through you know reasons why we would want to leave. We, we really believe that abundant life uh, has a connection to the local church. And so, Alex, what would you add to that today? Yes, we, so looking at the Bible, we, we truly believe that, that um, God's promises, we see Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, and his bride, the church. And so we see this connection with the church and that expressed in the local body of believers. Uh, so we, we see that relationship. It, what we're working against with this, um, we, we're trying to tread in this carefully that so we don't fall in a ditch on the other side, is kind of the individualism, but seeing it as the, the body, that being a part of the local church is where we see God's promises. And I, I say that carefully, and there's a lot of qualification with that. Um, but that's where we see like the the commands, the, the promises isn't to individuals it's always a plural form right uh it's to to you you all as we would um define it or translate it uh jen help me explain that a little better well no you're i i loved what you were saying there with the promises i mean the scripture was written not just for us i mean it's written for for god's people um one of the things that i was thinking about within that in this is part of the the difficulty is we know for for one thing that the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we know that he does that through relationships. And of course, we see that consistently within the church. I mean, relationships are are marred, uh, leadership, um, it, it, people who sin, like you and I, uh, Alex, we we sin, we're sinners. We uh, at times don't always have the, the right motive. And, and we don't know that, of course, in the moment, it's not like we're trying to to be deceptive. It's not like we're trying to, um, you know, lead people astray or make a decision that's in our best interest. But I mean, anytime anybody's in a position of leadership, they're not always going to get it right. But my point is the thief, the devil, he uses those things to try to pivot people away from community. And that's where I get really um, like passionate because I'm like, man, you know, relationships are going to be messy. There is going to be difficulty, but we experience abundant life when we're able to be connected to a healthy local uh, church community. And, 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 and that's where I guess I just kind of land it for now. 
Yes, so I like that. And that's exactly what we've seen in the passage that we see on the outside of the church, uh, if I can say it that way, there's the reality that there is a being out there, Satan, who wants to destroy you, wants to destroy you, your family. We can add in there our flesh wants to destroy us, or if I can say our old sinful nature, uh, the, the world and the influences doesn't bring us to Christ. And so we have all of that outside trying to destroy us. And then we see the abundant living uh, within the church. And so, gentlemen, I'm going to throw the ball towards your way. How would you define the abundant living then? Okay. So uh, I don't want to just go to Acts 2, 42, 45, somewhere in there, you know, where it talks about um, you know, uh, the, the community comes together, they break bread, they, they, you know, enjoy, com- you know, fellow relationships. I'm trying not to just use churchy words, but I would describe the abundant living as a place where you are able to, to worship on a Sunday where again, the, the focus is on God. It needs to be, it should be, um, God deserves our focus, um, because he's the one whom deserves all the glory, but we, we are able to come. We're able to be with other people who are also gathered, for that same intention. We want to um, give God our, our hearts. We want to give him our, our focus. And then as we're gathering, we sing songs of worship. We hear the the word of God taught. We are able to pray together um, corporately and, and hopefully even individually as you're able to um, spend time in, in prayer, as you're able to sing the songs that some of those would be a prayer from your heart, that as you listen to the scripture, that the Holy Spirit is continuing to um, minister to you. But but what's happening in an abundant living situation is that you're doing this with many people. Um, I realize that in some contexts, it's not safe for even you to be gathered with more than say two or three or five people. But here in the, in, you know, the, the Midwest where we record, you can gather in larger groups when we don't have to worry about persecution, but you know, we, we know Alex that there are listeners who are gathering or there are people who are listening where it's illegal for them to gather in larger groups. And so w- what I want to say is it's not about the size of the gathering, but it's about being with other people who are still, who are focused on God along with us. And as we're all focusing on God, there is a connection that's happening in the relationship because the Holy spirit is drawing us close to each other. That's what, how I would describe the abundant living. And there is the, the spiritual side of it, uh, where the devil is going to continue to attack that. And when we recognize that, then then we can say, okay, we understand what the fight is. And the fight is not with people. It's not with certain decisions that maybe leadership is making. It's not with certain things that aren't being offered for me. Um, but but I can identify what the battle is. And the battle is not with flesh and blood. And therefore, you know, we can come together to be able to worship God. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I know I probably hit like seven things there that you want to address, but uh, that's how I would describe the abundant living within a community of believers. No, and I think that we see that in scripture where the, the abundant life is life lived in Christ. And then we see like a, in Christ, the spirit of God living within us. Then we see all these other parts uh, and images in the new Testament where like we are a, a, a church being built up, like a, the different stones being built on the stone of Christ, that we are the temple of God, that like we, we get this, this imagery together. We're a body of Christ, that like we're literally a body. And there's these, the images continue. We're, we're the bride of Christ, that we're together, that in Christ, and we're there we see the abundant living. I love that living stones um, because, you know, they, 
Christ is the cornerstone as scripture says, but those, but us as living stones, we come together. And, and I think, you know, part of my, my passion within this topic, especially is that we need each other uh, for God to be able to build into the kingdom, the way that he wants to and desires to um, he he's bringing stones, living stones together. And we need each other to be able to form then be formed into the structure that God desires. And again, there's just a, a battle against that. Um, do you want to add anything to that? Yes. I wanted to, to throw something at you, a uh, response to you, just to make it a little more practical. So we cannot live an abundant life outside the church. We cannot be effective leaders in every realm of our life, nor have a lasting godly impact on our world outside the church. Uh, why, why, why would you say that is the case? Well, I mean, those are things that you and I, of course, had talked about before the show, but the, I'm going to say the first, I'm going to re- repeat what you just uh, said there. We cannot live an abundant life outside the church um, because the church is a living organism. It's not just an organization. See, Alex, it would be, I think, easier for you and I uh, when we're having a hard time with maybe what, what we're experiencing at church. If it was an organization, we can say, hey, I, I'm ready to leave this organization because it's no longer providing the, the things for me that I'm interested in. It's no longer meeting the need that I'm you know, looking to have met. But it's not an organization. It's an organism. It's, it's a living body that requires the participation of its members. I mean, like um, it, it's, you know, I think about some of the ways that Paul describes this and, you know, we're not all a hand, we're not all a foot, we're not all a mouth, um, you know, but every single organism in our body is needed. And I mean, our kidneys, we don't see them ever, but we know how vital they are. We don't see our lungs ever, but we, we know how vital they are. Um, and so I guess my point is, we cannot experience abundant life outside of the church because we are needed in that church. That's, um, and, and I know that we've referenced, uh, you know, there are times to leave the church that you're a part of, the, the, not the organization, but the organism that you're a part of. And we talked about some of that back in May. I think May 11th was the, the date that we released that show. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that if you're in a spot where you're trying to figure out whether or not you're supposed to stay or go. But even if you're, you know, being, I'll say, released uh, from that place of worship to go to a different place, even if that's the case, do not leave the church um, in in general. Like, you still need to be connected. So that's what my response would be uh, for why we cannot live a life outside of the church. What would you add to that? And then we'll unpack the other part of that, uh, uh, some of what you had shared. Yes. So I want to try to be kind of just practical on the practical side. Why is it that the abundant life um, cannot be lived outside the church? Let me throw a few things at you. And one you brought up was the idea of the, the spiritual gifts, right? Where we all have different roles within the church. We all need, we're different, but we need each other. Even the ones that we think are insignificant, we are desperately needed. And so when we think about the our own lives as growing as leaders, as spouses, as parents, as students, uh, as, as workers or whatever, uh, we need the gifts of other people to grow. To, we need those who are serving to us. We need those who are serving behind the scenes that we don't even see. We need those who are teaching. We need 
those uh, who are encouraging. We need all these people in order to grow as leaders. And so on a practical note, we are not to be growing if we don't have these other people with their gifts. On top of that, we see in Ephesians chapter four that the equipping comes within the church. And so we need the church. We need to be equipped. If, if we want to grow, and I keep on saying, if we want to be the best leaders, the best people we can be, we need the church. We need to be being equipped. On top of that, the church is where the, the word of God is proclaimed, where it's preached. And we see in 2 Timothy that the word of God is useful for, for all good works, equipping good men for all good works, all people for good works. If we want to be equipped, we need to be at the church. Uh, and then we see all throughout the New Testament, the encouragement, the admonishment, the instruction, the stirring each other up to good works that all comes within the church. And so there's a practical part of it where outside the church, yeah, there may be groups like this, but uh, like this, but this is where we're equipped. If we want to be the leaders, the men and women we want to be, it's within the church that we see that happening. Wow. Um, I There's a lot that you shared there, and I'm just like wanting to say amen and amen uh, as you're talking. But, you know, the the fact that we need others to grow is a humbling experience. But also, I would say that God wanting to use you to help others grow is a humbling experience as well. And that's something that needs to be stewarded well that that's where you know it's it's understandable or easy to understand in my opinion that that there are reasons why the devil wants to pull people away from church there is a reason that he wants to lure us away and and uh begin to teach us or or I shouldn't say teach us begin to influence us to think that we don't need to be a part of uh of a group of believers um we have come through alex i mean here we are recording um in in June of 2021. And the last uh, 16 months or so has been a season where I think we've learned that number one, we need community to not be uh, depressed or discouraged. But if anything, we should really see that uh, from, from the Christian perspective of this is why we need to be connected. Now, I understand that for you know health reasons, not everyone's been able to, to gather as long or come back as quickly. However, that doesn't mean that you just disconnect and and you know walk away from um, you know your your previous relationships. I mean, I don't know how else to say this, but we have been created for relationship, and therefore we need relationships. Um, we've been created for relationship with God. We need a relationship with Him, but we've also been created to have relationship with others. And for those reasons, abundant life is found in. Uh, community at church. And so, you know, those are just a couple of things I, I think that I would add to what you were sharing. Amen. So, Jen, um, changing gears here, let's talk about the Lone Ranger. And I know that as guys, that can be kind of a, a just like a, a drive within us, right? We can do this on our own. We've got this, which is not bad. That drive is actually really good as men, as leaders. But then you put it in the context within the church. Where do you see issues with that? Oh boy, I'm I'm smiling, of course, as you bring that up. And um, I I mean, we, this is just something that uh, for for most people, I think at some point it crosses their mind to the the thought of I don't need this. Um, I'm going to um, just make my my decision. What's good for me. And in, in those moments, uh, when we make the decision, 
here's what, you know, like I want to do what's good for me. Well, you know, that's understandable. However, sometimes we make decisions that we think are going to be good for us that aren't. And with the Lone Ranger mentality, um, I guess more than anything I've seen consistently, people who don't want to come under authority uh, of, of leadership, that that can be projected onto the church. But here's what I have. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I can say this with conviction. And I don't think I've ever met. I'll say it this way. I don't think I've ever met someone, Alex, who has been willing to really come under the authority of God, but not willing to come under authority of those that God has put in positions of authority. So every single time that someone that I've, that I've been in relationship with someone who's unwilling to come under the authority of those whom God has put in position, I have seen 100% of the time that I can think of that there has been an issue with them and God. That's, that's my opinion. Yes. And oh, I want to quickly qualify the statement that Jed is saying there. He's not talking about uh, abusive leaders or anything like that. That's not what he's saying there. Um, I, I know what Jed is saying. He's quick to say, but even with the abusive leaders, the person being abused, he wants to submit to godly leadership, but that is not what's ahead of him. So I just want to make that qualification because I know that if you have been in that situation, that might be something that you're thinking like, oh my goodness, that means I have to follow this, this mess and this hurt I'm going to. That's not what Jed is saying there. Thank you. I'm glad you clarified that because, you know, that was definitely not in my mind. And I mean, even to be in a, an oppressive situation um, where if somebody is, if your leadership is telling you that you need to come under their authority and submit, like that might be a problem in itself. You know, that, that you know, that if they're using their position uh, for authority, I mean, a good, in my opinion, a good leader, if, if, if they've got somebody who is struggling to trust the leadership is going to ask questions, you know, differently, like, Hey, um, you know, I, you know, they're, first of all, they're going to be understanding. They should be anyways, because again, we're not perfect, but it's like, Hey, you know, help me understand, you know, some of the, some of the disconnect, you know, where we're having, is it my communication? Is it something that, you know, you're that I'm, that, you know, I'm asking you to do that isn't, that doesn't seem right to you. Is it, you know, what is the, you know, the issue, um, and then like trying to process that in a way that's helpful, not only to you as a leader, but helpful to the person whom you're trying to lead. Um, because there are times, you know, where leaders really are, like you mentioned, Alex, oppressive, and that's unhealthy. And we would never encourage someone to stay in an unhealthy, abusive relationship. But what we are saying is that, uh, God created us for relationships. And a part of that is, is, um, then to experience abundant living. Yes, and I so I, I really like your point there, Jed, with the lone ranger attitude that uh, it betrays an attitude of uh, just unsubmissiveness to God. Um, I think it also shows just pride. One, pride that I can do this without God's grace that's given within the church with the body of believers and their gifts. I don't need that. I can do that without it. But also the pride that I don't want to, I'm not going to be there to serve others. That's, you see this this pride with the Lone Ranger attitude that it's, I'm not going to be there because I don't need it. And number one, I don't want to be there because I don't want to serve other people. And then one other component to that is the hurt. You know, I think that people um, get to that position because they've been hurt. And so the, their, their way of uh, protecting themselves is to pull away. Their way of protecting themselves is, is then to allow uh, their grid or their lens 
which they see things through to impact some of the decisions that they make. And um, we, we realize that when people get hurt, I mean, this is so cliche, but when people get hurt, they're going to protect themselves. And that's a, a natural instinct. However, in that hurt, I want to encourage you to press into what God is wanting to do in your, in your heart and in your life um, to be able to receive the healing because that's where the healing really happens. And so uh, I, I know that people um, don't just have natural, normal, normally they don't just have the attitude of, Hey, I can do it better. And so therefore, you know, I'm going to pull away and have my own little Bible study that I lead and it's my way or the highway. There is hurt that's happened um, that causes us to do that. But we, again, you know, being in community, that's where relationships are developed. Biblical accountability is there, prayer support and uh, things like that. Yeah, I think that's really good in the sense of, I shouldn't say really good. It's a hard dynamic that when we are hurt, we are tempted to not go to the place where we will find healing. And that's in the church. And so it's that, that's just a, a hard uh What's that word, Jed, where you love and hate something at the same time? Ambivalent. What word is it? Yeah, you're, you're ambivalent towards the church because you know you need it. You know that's where I'm going to find healing, but that's the same exact spot where I was hurt. Wow. Alex, that's a that's a great place to kind of land things for today. And, um, yep, you got more. Go ahead. Yeah, if I can end with this, and it's just a, a, a smaller passage. I, I just wanted to read it. Um, and it's a passage many of us will be familiar with Ephesians 5, the picture of a husband and wife. And we see clear throughout it that Paul connects it to Christ and the church. And so I wanted to read it, just this idea of uh, the abundant life in the church. So bear with me as I read this. So Paul writes Ephesians 5, pick up in verse 25. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound and i am saying that it refers to christ and the church and so the the point being it clearly is applicable to the husbands and wives and that's how we usually teach it and present it because that's within the context but we also see paul here talking about christ and the church it connects with those two and here we see that we see Christ nourishing, we see Christ cleansing, and Christ cherishing within the church. Um, that is, that's awesome, and it's a great reminder, Alex, of why we don't want to give up on the church. And uh, we just want to encourage you, listeners, if if this episode has been helpful to you as you've been processing through things, and and or you know somebody that it would be helpful to, if you take time to share this with them. Uh, Alex and I would, would say that that's a great opportunity for you to provide ministry to someone else. Um, I don't know very many people who don't know somebody who's left the church or struggling to leave the church 
And, and for those of you who have come to the, to the spot where you're saying, Hey, I know that we need to be connected. Um, but you know, I, I really want my friend to see that. Uh, I want to encourage you to share the podcast with them or, uh, listen to it maybe with them, but especially continue to be praying for them. Uh, Alex, anything else before we close off? That sounds great. Hey, listeners, it's a joy to be with you. Um, and we're looking forward to continuing this with you. And again, just want to encourage you to hit subscribe and hit like. Uh, that gives us a chance to continue to, to reach more people. Until next time, God bless.